0: Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after
1: this quick word from our sponsor. Oops! Hi, this is Alana and you are listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. We are glad you joined us. I'm here with Jamie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. This is our take two. I know. <laughs> but it's been a while since that that's happened. So uh, but thankfully we got like what five minutes into our previous recording before uh, tech stuff teched. On us, yeah, so not too bad. It's not like redoing an entire episode. No, it's not.
0: But we yeah. did mention we did mention that we were really thankful for everybody that joined us in our um our online conference in mm-hmm. January. That was so much fun. And if you were part of it, we're just so glad that you got to join us. And if you weren't, um, get on our email. What's wrong list. with you? Yeah, right. What what what's going on? <laughs> get on our email list so you know about the next one. Um, or the oh, next. Oh, that's event. nicer. We're you know thinking. <laughs> <laughs> good cop, bad cop. That's right. That's right. You can shame them into getting on our email list. I will gently shepherd them into the
1: email list. Hey, that's perfect. I mean, that's it. Half that's, I get half. That's definitely um, a breakdown <laughs> of our personalities, isn't it? It really is not. It oh, absolutely okay. Isn't Well, I'm bored of this discussion. So okay. how about that is our segue?
0: Hey, our segue into prayer and boredom that is what we're going to be talking about. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about prayer and boredom today and before we get into it, we've got a lot to say and I think in our first version we kind of got into the conversation before our intro. So this way, we'll save all the good stuff for the actual conversation.
1: Yeah, people have to listen to our to our intro. You guys have to pray with us oh before God. we dive into the meat of our episode. So Jamie, will you pray for our episode? I will. God, we just thank you
0: for this time together. Thank you that we can be honest with each other and just um, honest with you that sometimes prayer feels boring and, and let's just come together and um, we just invite you into this process of exploring how we can get out of ruts in our prayer lives and um, and also ways that that boredom can be good for us and help us to just learn how to be still and not call it boring. Um, we just pray that you would just glorify yourself in this time and help us to Um, just draw closer to you as we talk about this topic. Amen. Amen. I don't like our just for fun question because I can't really think. I think I came up with it, but I don't really, I can't even... Uh, Yeah,
1: think of something. (laughs) Think
0: of something. So it was, what's the most boring thing you can remember doing? And I love that we were talking before we started recording about MRIs and how, like, I'm potentially going to be part of this memory study, which my mom had dementia. I have a family history of dementia, so it's like a a person with family history kind of thing, and they're going to do brain scans and things like that. So we were talking about MRIs and how kind of in a funny way like the idea of being in a dark tunnel like for however long and with Mm -hmm. you know nothing to do sounds wonderful because when you feel like life is kind of busy around you it's kind of nice to look forward to being still Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I don't know I can't really think of being bored recently um so I don't know. I I, yeah. I kind of, yeah. What I'm similar you? Can- to
1: you. Like I remember I had to do the gestational diabetes, like second screening. So basically mm-hmm. the first screening is, um, you drink something and then like half of an hour later, they take your blood sugar. Yeah, it, It's something like that. Like it's not very long. It's just part of the office visit. If you don't pass that screening, the next step, at least at the time. So like 12, 14 years ago, this, the next step was you show up, you drink this, like, it felt like two gallons of like Sprite syrup. Like it was like super, super gross, sweet. Gross.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And then you just sit in a chair for three hours and every so often they come and they check your blood sugar. Um, but I was like, you, I was like, this is really, really nice. This is the first time I've had to myself in a long time. Cause I right? had a toddler at home.
0: had little baby.
1: Um, yeah. And so for me, it was like, This is, a. I brought my prayer journal. I think I napped a little bit. It felt really, really nice. So I think people like you and I are fortunate in that we don't really get bored as much as as some people. I think some of it has to do with like introversion, extroversion. I was just going to say that, that
0: it's my introverted nature that because I have a family and I have kids Mm -hmm. around me that I do sometimes like just alone, quiet for a little Mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, Yeah. Although I do get impatient and I think, um, I don't know, could impatience be a type of boredom? Like when you're impatient, I would say for something. Um, so I would say I definitely have gotten more impatient in my older years, which I don't know if it's really has to do with older as much as technology and all the things Hmm. input and Mm -hmm. instant stuff. Mm -hmm. So waiting for computers to load, waiting for files to download. Ooh, I can't stand that. Right, because it used to be- Uploading stuff for the podcast takes a long time. And I'm like, okay, and I've got to multitask. I can't just sit there and be still and
1: wait. Right. Five years ago, it was- It was expected that if you had to download something, you would be sitting and looking at the screen for a while, Oh, a long while, sometimes hours, you know, for certain things. Yeah. And now like, sometimes it is almost instantaneous. So when it's Mm -hmm. not, it does feel, but you know what? Um, I think that there's certain types of impatience that maybe even have their root in some sort of anxiety. It's this sense of like, I'm anxious until this gets done. Yeah. I think Mm
0: -hmm. it's almost like, like would it be like obsessive compulsive kind of thing where I'm kind of obsessed about this thing? Yeah. I can't think about anything else. I'm bound to it until it's done. Mm -hmm. I do have a little bit of that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I could Mm -hmm. see that being something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But going back to our question about when were you the most bored? I'm with you as an adult. I don't really get bored. Mm -hmm. um, Because like, even when there's nothing to do it, it sort of feels like a nice luxury, (laughs) you know, like, I, I don't really mind like airplane travel. I don't necessarily love the getting to the airport and that kind of thing. But like sitting on a plane, not having Wi-Fi, having nothing to do for hours. To me, that's that's kind of a luxury. Yeah. Um, but I remember as a kid, we would drive. I don't think we did it every year, but several times in my childhood, we drove from like San Francisco area where we lived to LA area where one set of grandparents lived. It was about eight hours in the car, which Alaska terms is not much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, California terms, it was quite a bit. And I was the youngest and the littlest. And I remember one of the trips, I had two big like preteen and teenage brothers on either side of me taking up a lot of space. Like we had a like a Honda Accord and this is what we're driving in, and. So I was in the middle and there was an ice box where my feet were supposed to go. So I just had to like sit with my legs stretched across the ice box with two like sweaty preteen and teenage brothers next to me. (laughs) And now I don't mind long trips because either I'll nap or I'll look out the window or I'll listen to something. But in this case, um, couldn't listen to something because obviously it was before the times of everybody having like a smartphone with their own playlist. And um, sometimes my mom would bring like books on tape that we'd all listen to, but it wasn't the kinds of books that I would want to read. So it was almost like I couldn't even be alone and quiet with my thoughts Mm. because this book on tape was just kind of interrupting my thoughts and I couldn't look out a window. So I remember, I wouldn't say like I was bored. I'm sure I was, but it was just, it was a very uncomfortable trip. Yeah. One
0: other thing that I do find boring is video games, certain ones. I do mm-hmm. like, you know, like Tetris and mm-hmm. Hubert, you know, am I dating myself? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> but I, I like the ones where you like match things up and it's do things like that. And stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Puzzles. But I, the kids sometimes will want me to play games with them. And I'm so part of it. I'm so bad. I'm so bad at like, um, the Star Wars games where they do lightsaber battles and like mm-hmm. I just find myself pushing all the buttons and like trying to hope for the uh-huh. best. And it's not even exactly. fun. So I get kind of bored sitting there, like if the yeah. kids want me to play a video game or something. Um, and I used to get bored with board games, but I like them now. I don't know what it is about being older mm-hmm. and maybe just the relief of not having technology with a board game, mm-hmm. or maybe it's mm-hmm. because of the kids and like being able to do it with them, but yeah, board games and stuff a little more now. But
1: yeah. okay, I'll tell you the one thing that I hate as an adult: Candyland. It is the worst. You don't nobody like candy land? should
0: ever play Candyland. Oh, it's so boring. I'm getting that mixed up with shoots and ladders. They're I like both shoots boring. and ladders. I love shoots and ladders, <laughs> except that I'm the kind of person that can't. I, I hate winning with my kids. It's awful. Really? My husband's Aww. the opposite. Well, I feel like my kids would be better for it if I was more competitive, but mm-hmm. I don't have a competitive bone in my body, really. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I hate. It, it, and it's totally luck of the draw. There's no skill involved in Candyland or. That's what Chips I hate about matters. it. And so when I end up, when, when my kid gets up to the very top and thinks that they're just about to make it. And then they go down that really one long, huge yeah. lot the shoot. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart. And I'm like, there's nothing I can do. I can't fake lose. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's funny. I'm sure yeah, the other thing that's a little boring that
0: I need right? to undergo to uncover <laughs> some of the roots of these yeah. feelings.
1: When we play, I still play Monopoly with the kids sometimes, and I I actually do like it. But my youngest just doesn't know when it's time to quit, and so it'll be like he owes me twelve hundred dollars. He's got fifty dollars, <laughs> and he's like, "Take all of my property and and all but one dollar, and let's keep playing." I'm like, "Please, can we? Can you just?" be done.
0: Because it could go on for almost ever. I mean, it really yeah. could. Yeah.
1: So for saying that uh, we're totally fine being bored, I wonder if uh, maybe we weren't being so honest with ourselves. Maybe there's yeah, maybe we we might have uncovered some things there. We might have. Well, um, let's go out of order because I don't think we got to our verse of the day before we oh, jumped into. We didn't. Normally
0: I just, do we have one? Oh, good. Look at that. Psalm 4610. Psalm 4610. <laughs> One of my favorites, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And just a reminder, most people have heard this verse and, um, but there's a lot of power in just being still. And I've heard a lot of times um, people talk about this kind of verse in connection with being a lifeguard and how, when you're struggling with something like if you have something in your life that's going on and you're just struggling and you're working and you're spinning your wheels and you're not making progress that the idea is to be still and allow God to kind of just, you know, guide you and pick you up and, and take the reins and his power to be perfect in your weakness and all of that. When you're a lifeguard, you're trained that, um, you need to tell the person you're rescuing not to try to help you not to try to swim Mm
1: because if they try
0: to swim, or if they struggle, they think they're helping, but they're actually working against you. So the best thing that someone being rescued can do is to be still and be carried back to safety by the lifeguard. So I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, but that's so counterintuitive. You know, I doubt yeah, there's a ton of conscious thought that goes in it. It's just flailing oh, <laughs> at yeah. that point. You Which know? is why you
0: have to be like, and that's yeah. why it reminds me of this kind of God saying, be still you know, almost Mm -hmm. like the angels saying, do not be afraid. Like, I know your natural reaction is to freak out here and run away, Mm -hmm. but I got something Mm -hmm. to tell you, don't be afraid. I'm, I'm a good guy. And with God, I know your natural reaction is to flail and to flounder Mm -hmm. and to just be, you know, like totally overwhelmed, but be still Mm -hmm. know that I'm God. And I think some of our like boredom, like about prayer, might have to do with not having enough, um, not making enough stillness. And we we talked about that too, but- Not being comfortable with stillness. Not being comfortable, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Not being comfortable with stillness. So I think step one, if you find prayer boring, is maybe cultivating that stillness and and becoming comfortable with it. Like exercise, we always talk about- prayer is exercise. And I think if we start making stillness and quiet time, even if prayer isn't part of it at first, that's -hmm. maybe the first step in becoming more, uh, I don't know, open to being quiet and not being bored.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's back up half a step and just start by saying if people find prayer boring, like congratulations, you're human, (laughs) you know, like it I I'm gonna guess it's pretty much universal um to at least at some times be like, okay, how long am I supposed to sit here? <laughs> right. Um, and and there shouldn't be shame or guilt in that, but it can lead us to questions. Okay, what is it about this? That's hard for me. Is it Mm. that I feel like I should be doing something else because my worth is wrapped up in my performance? Is it because my brain's just been programmed to constantly need, you know, loud input? And if so, what can I do to combat that? So I would say the start is, okay, go ahead and admit when you're bored, like recognize when you're bored with prayer and then see if you can dig like one degree deeper what is it about this it's making me feel anxious or right like as opposed to just saying yeah i'm bored like bored is kind of a catch-all is it um my brain just won't quiet down is it i'm i don't know that this is doing any good so i'm questioning whether this is worth my time just figuring out like what's the root of that feeling and trying to address that I really like that. And just
0: this idea of should I be uh should I be doing something instead of quote just praying? Because I think because it's not a like I can see the visual, you know, visually see the progress, like, you know, um I don't know, tilling a garden. You can see that that yields, you know, the work yields Mm -hmm. progress. Mm -hmm. You can do a sheet of math problems and see progress happening, but you can't Mm -hmm. when you're praying. And so at least not right away. Um, So I think that's important. And sometimes just, I think another question to ask is, do you just not have the words? Are you at a loss for where to start? Do you just Mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable talking to God and finding your voice? Because I think there's for people, especially when they first begin to pray, And maybe even as we grow and go through growing pains and transitions in our prayer lives. From I remember a time when I was maybe coming out of high school or college. Maybe I guess it was college, probably. And I just um, it it, I was just finding my voice with God. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't a kid anymore, but I wasn't totally on my own. I didn't have a lot of life experience. I felt very young. I I always felt like you know I was. I don't know. I just not confident in my mm-hmm. faith um, and even in my voice with God. And it takes time to develop that and cultivate that. And it's okay. Um, So yeah, I think just even talking about this is so important because it gives people permission to know, to, to admit that they're bored and then to kind of dig into that and see like what, Mm -hmm. what the reasons are. But sometimes it's that you just don't have the words and that's okay. There are lots of ways that you can, I mean, let's just talk for a minute about a couple of different ways that if you don't have the words or if you are trying to discover your voice with God in prayer, what, what Mm -hmm. you could do.
1: Yeah. So one of my favorites in that case would be to start by praying scripture back to God. So Psalms makes this really, really straightforward. You open up and it says there on the page in front of you, the Lord is my shepherd. And so you can just switch the pronouns and say, Lord, you are my shepherd, (laughs) right? Like I think that that can be really useful or going through all of the prayers that Paul prays for others to pray those prayers for yourself and for your loved ones Um, I know we've mentioned it before. Beth Moore has a great resource called praying God's word where it's basically like it's tons of Bible verses where instead of um, basically, yeah. I mean, she's done exactly what we're talking about. Just switching up the pronouns. And I think there's even a, I forget if she leaves it blank so you can pray for others or Mm -hmm. if it's like prayers for yourself or maybe some of both. Um, And of course, Stormy O'Martian, she's got great books about, Uh, the power of a praying wife, the power of a praying parent to give you some of the topics. Cause that's another thing. Sometimes we don't know where to start because it's like, dear God, please help Jamie. Okay. Help Jamie with what, you know, or like, please bless my kids. Okay. But how, (laughs) um, so thinking through kind of the specifics, another one I like to do in my brain is I ask myself, okay, if someone was going to be praying for me, what would I want them to pray for? And then I pray those things, for the person I'm trying to pray about, just as a way to be more thorough instead of just the blank, yeah, bless Jamie, help her have a great day. Yeah,
0: definitely. And, you know, borrowing prayers from other people, you know, different, um, different uh getting getting a prayer partner even to kind of yeah. have your prayer partner pray and then, you know, you can pray back and you can kind of build on each other's. I know We don't want to ever try to pray like somebody else, but I know having prayer partners has really helped me find my voice. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, we've talked about this before. It's kind of like when you're an author reading books in your genre, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to be a copycat. You don't want to pretend like you're someone else and write exactly in the style of someone else, but it can help you be like, oh, I like that. I like the way that was said. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that expresses what's in my heart. Let me, you know, so- I think that, that, uh, being part of other out loud praying women mm-hmm. can help you to kind of find your own voice and, and give you kind of some ideas for, Oh, I never thought to pray that way. Um, mm-hmm. I know the 30 days of prayer for the unsaved that you wrote Alana was, um, I love that because, um, I mean, it's, I guess, a it's not a shameless plug because it was just on the spot. I'm not inserting it on purpose. <laughs> so it's a plug. But oh, it's okay. Not a shameless Not a plug. shameless one. Perfect. But you can, uh, you can actually get that resource for free in your inbox. It's 30 Days of Prayer for the Unsaved. It's prayingchristianwomen.com slash unsaved. Or you can actually get the book. On Amazon and it's a beautiful book and it's great. It's large print and it's awesome. So you can go on Amazon and find that, but 30 days of prayer for the unsaved was awesome because it, it prays around like so many different areas of mm-hmm. the person you're praying for. And that resource, like you can pray that for, you can adjust those prayers for people that are saved too, because there are mm-hmm. lots of, you know, a lot of those prayers. Um, so just books like that, uh, being creative in taking prayers that you already have and, and mm-hmm. just kind of making them your own and, and just yeah. changing them slightly to fit the circumstance is really easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like your thought about just finding your prayer voice. I, I think that could become like its own episode topic at some point too, because, you know, even with language, we learn from people right mm-hmm. you hear your mom and your dad talk and that's how you learn to talk and so yeah praying with others i think is really really important
0: yeah i think journaling is a mm-hmm. really great way to start if you don't know where to start in your prayer life um i started talking to god in a dear diary format when yeah, i was a kid yeah me too it mm-hmm. would be, I would write in my diary and I would write, and I started off writing Dear Diary and I would talk about stuff, but then at some point, I don't know when, it turned into Dear God.
1: And Aww. I don't know if I ever
0: wrote Dear God. Yeah. Does it remind you? Did you ever read the the book, Dear God, It's Me, Margaret? I'm sure I did. So I don't Judy really Bloom, remember it. Like yeah. Super. Yeah. But anyway, um, maybe that's where I got the idea. Actually. Oh, cute. That'd be interesting. But anyway it turned into more of a dear God, like I would write about my day, but it was, I was talking to God about my day and things that were going on. And I don't even know if at first I really even asked for things. I think it was more just like, this is what happened. And, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, but I think just writing in a journal in, in a way that would just recount your life. And then when you get to places Mm -hmm. where you're having trouble, you can ask for help. I mean, yeah, Looking at it as less of a formal activity and yeah. more of just kind of a conversation, an informal conversation can help a lot in not only finding how to start with prayer, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but just the act of writing it down, like the act of, of writing sure. with a pen and paper um, is helps your thoughts untangle. And I love it. It does.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's a useful one. If your kind of prayer boredom stems from, I should be doing something productive. Mm. Um, sometimes having a pen in your hand and it looks like you're busy. Sometimes that can help kind of overcome that obstacle so that, yeah, you actually are doing something right. I mean, we, we should know that prayer is an activity in its own, but it doesn't always feel that way. So yeah, having something that m- makes it look like you're doing something can help if your concern is, it's really hard for me to to feel like I'm doing nothing. Or, you know, the other option in a case like that is learn to pray on the go, right? Um, the Mindful Christian Prayers podcast or um, things like that listening to praise music while you're taking the kids to school, right? Because you're still doing something and you're also getting your prayer time in.
0: Well, one of the things you touched on earlier was, um, you know, when you're diagnosing the problem of what Mm -hmm. is it that's causing me to feel bored with prayer, some of it can be our perspective and not believing that prayer is the real work, not believing that God is powerful, not believing that he Mm -hmm. hears our prayers. It could be any number of things. And, you know, we talk a lot about prayer blocks in our podcasts. Um, But I think one of the big ones is not seeing God as capable of doing big things or doing small things or Mm -hmm. not caring one or the other, but just that God is not going to, my prayers aren't going to make a difference. And Mm -hmm. if that is the case, I think spending time just getting to know God without feeling the pressure to talk to him could be a good place to start in terms of just reading scripture or joining Mm -hmm. a Bible study. I mean, I'm all for reading scripture on your own. I love using a Greek and Hebrew lexicon just because, or even just using the online tools just because I feel I'm, I'm, that's me. That's my personality. My strength, Mm -hmm. one of my strengths is input. And Mm -hmm. like, I like doing that stuff. Um, But I find that there's a lot of benefit in being in an organized study of some sort, whether it's Mm -hmm, purchasing mm -hmm. a study that's got questions or leads you in some things or joining like a Bible study fellowship or like a, um, you know, Bible study, organized Bible study group. I feel like those kinds of things are, they have fueled my prayer life like nothing else because Mm -hmm. I have these, um, insights that I would not have necessarily gleaned myself. Um, and and it's just a very powerful way to dig into scripture and get to know who God is. And, and the prayer springs out of that, I think, once you kind of see God for who he is and see the word of God for the incredible thing that it is. I mean, we take it for granted so much as just you know, Hey, yeah, we've got a Bible, but it is, it's an incredible book. And the fact that it even exists is miraculous. So yeah, I think maybe taking some time to shift your perspective also can help by going into the mountains, going uh, into the desert, whatever it is that, that Mm -hmm. evokes awe and wonder at God's Mm -hmm. creation, looking at the night sky, you know, getting a telescope and whatever it is, things that will help you. To realize how magnificent God's creation is. And then in that way, he's even more magnificent because he created it. Those things can help Mm -hmm. fuel our prayer lives by shifting our perspective to remind us who God is and what a privilege it is that we're even invited to talk to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then it does become something exciting, right? So I think huge. Yeah. If you don't think your prayers make a difference, if you're of the opinion that, well, God's going to do what God's going to do. And I just pray because it's my duty. It's going to be really hard to, to feel passionate about that. You know, that's why, like, for me, I, I love reminding women, like your prayers can change the world. Your prayers can change the outcome, not only of like your family's lives and your descendants, but like of history and so, yeah, that's not boring. <laughs> no, that's another uh, that just reminds
0: me of another really great resource. We used to on the Prevailing Prayer podcast, we would every week we would take an excerpt from Trisha Goyer's book, Prayers That Changed History, mm-hmm. and we would read the story. And she just yeah. did this really great job of writing kind of in a fictional way like mm-hmm. historical accounts of not in a fictional way what would you say just like like in, a novelized like form. a novelized yeah. version of mm-hmm. what what happened using creative yeah. license I'm sure but mm-hmm. very factual um yeah about different people throughout history and some of their mm-hmm. prayers were like totally huge and some of them were tiny prayers that ended up just changing things enough to totally change the trajectory of history. So Mm -hmm. it was, that's a great resource for remembering the power of our prayers, reading about, you know, reading stories like missionary stories and things where people are like on the front lines of like fighting for the gospel to be heard. I mean, a lot of times Mm -hmm. we see big impacts in those kinds of stories, not to take away from the what we would consider smaller impact of mm-hmm. of other prayers but sometimes seeing those big huge like wow we were we were about to be you know uh taken taken away or captured and and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. ended up being rescued at the last minute by right um, you know a miraculous occurrence so
1: mm-hmm.
0: and one other thing is i just i love your whispers of refuge series this is not a shameless mm-hmm. plug either this is just absolutely I, my prayer life was very much stoked by mm-hmm. reading the, um, beloved daughter and, um, tell me. Yeah. Who,
1: out of North Korea. Out of Nor- yeah. Out
0: of North mm-hmm. Korea, that whole. So if you want to check out Alana's whispers of refuge series, she has these novels that take place in North Korea and China about missionaries taking the mm-hmm. gospel and Bibles into North Korea and just some really powerful, um, topics. And so if you find that your prayer life is, um, I think sometimes when we get tunnel vision with mm-hmm. our prayers and it's like, God, pray for this, pray for this, pray for this. Yeah, and it, they're, they're prayers that are either repetitive. You're praying the same things that are just kind of general prayers. Um, sometimes broadening your scope of praying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or stoking passion for, um, global issues like that can yeah. sometimes shake things up a little bit so that's really what i for sure. gained from that series and there are lots of great resources there's voice of the martyrs there are, you know all different kinds mm-hmm. of resources mm-hmm. to to find out stories of people that are experiencing like you know things that they need real prayer for
1: but- yeah i think a great prayer to start would be like god show me what's at stake like oh. show me what Like, and and this is where you can kind of bring in your imagination. Mm -hmm. Okay, God, show me what would happen if I don't pray for my kids. (laughs) Right. Like, Mm -hmm. how many of us have already gone through a million worst case scenarios for our children? Right. We can almost use that as fuel to pray. Sometimes I feel like those, like those crazy thoughts that pop into your head, like, oh, what if my kid gets? And I mean, not even like it's so out of the realms of what's reasonable to fear what if my kids walking to school and a meteorite falls on them and bashes a hole in their head but they survive but they become like violent what what would i do <laughs> really just really bizarre sometimes instead of like wagging my finger at myself and shaming myself for having anxious thoughts when the bible tells us don't be anxious like i i remind myself this this is a picture of the things that god has already protected my family from and I think you could take it a step further. Maybe this is a picture of God saying, um, yeah, bad things can happen if you if you fail to pray. And I, I try not to be heavy handed and I try not to make women feel guilty. But this is one area, right? I don't think um, I think we almost put a blanket under ourselves. We say, oh, well, if I don't pray for this thing, God's just going to remind somebody else to do it. Or God God already knows that he wants to save this person from whatever. And so even if I don't pray, God can still do it. And I don't think we have that promise and that guarantee. I think that we need to live our lives with the conviction that, yeah, our prayers can change the outcome of events. And there's a positive and there's a negative to that. The negative is, yeah, that means that if you fail your prayer calling, the world's going to be worse off for it. Hmm. The flip side of that is your prayers do matter. Your prayers can change the outcome for people you love and they can change the outcome of history. So how could we not want to dive into that?
0: That is really good. And it's humbling. It really is humbling. Is. And and there's mm-hmm. definitely a time for grace. And I mean, I would say we're yes. 99% about grace around here. yes. But there's that 1% that you, you can't just deny that -hmm. there are times when we don't, it's biblical when we don't pray Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. don't receive and, and we miss Mm -hmm. a blessing because we don't pray. So there is, you got to at least have a little bit of,
1: a little bit of that fire. You know, we have the verse you do not have because you do not ask. And most of us. Think about that as, oh, maybe if I had prayed more, like, and we keep it super small, we would have been like, oh, maybe we would have had um, even more people come to the Christmas Eve service if I had prayed, right? Like, not that that's small, but like, we we don't think about it as huge stakes. We don't have a world, an ends to the world um, human trafficking epidemic because we haven't petitioned God Mm -hmm. fervently enough. Like, okay, that's sobering right there. Yeah. So when you look at it that way, it's, it's hard to remain bored with prayer.
0: Absolutely.
1: But that doesn't change the fact that prayer can sometimes still feel boring. So let's right. go back to let's go back to that, which is our, our actual topic. So mm-hmm. yeah, we talked about, yeah, if your prayers feel boring, first of all, don't be ashamed about that. You know, everybody goes through that. Um, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or your spiritual life or anything like that. Um and then then what do we do? We talked about asking God to kind of reveal the roots, because that can be important. What about now? um, Just some of the practical things. Okay. Prayer feels boring. How can I practically get out of a prayer rut?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we touched on a few of them. Um, Pray outside the box for sure. I would say if your idea of prayer is sitting in a corner with your journal and your Bible, and that doesn't feel stimulating, get outside and walk while Mm -hmm. you're praying or Mm -hmm. praying on location um yeah, go into the rooms of your fit. Fa- this is one of my favorite things is just going into the rooms of my home and mm-hmm. praying over the pillows of my family members, mm-hmm. praying over the kitchen, praying over the dining room table, praying over the, you know, we have a whole episode on what was it called? It was uh spiritual housekeeping, something like that yeah, something set up before like the that. end. but um yeah, but but basically kind of like, these different areas, pray using your home as a springboard to pray for yes. the different aspects of your family. So, the living mm-hmm. room might represent family time, and you know, God preserve this family unit, help us to glorify you. And your table might represent fellowship and mm-hmm. outreach, and mm-hmm. you know, just whatever it is. Um, going to one of my other favorite things was in our church in Tucson. Um, our worship team would often we practice before church, before anyone got there. And many times we would just walk down and pray over Mm -hmm. all of the chairs and just pray over that room because it wasn't a church during the week and lots of stuff Mm -hmm. came and went people came and went. And it was Mm -hmm. just a really cool way to, to consecrate that place for God, Yeah, you know? So anyway, just praying outside the box, realizing that if something's not working for you, don't feel Mm -hmm. like you have to be A certain way or you know, painting. You can you can paint uh and do art and draw and incorporate prayer into that. You talked about going um going to the Museum of Modern Art in Mm -hmm. New York and how you used modern art, like abstract Mm -hmm. art as a springboard for prayer. You can use clouds in the sky. You talked about that. Like just look for ways to springboard prayer off of unique things to just kind of shake up your prayer life and pray outside. Yeah.
1: Like I remember once I was at the DMV and it was really, really a long wait. Um, So I was probably like just sitting in a chair waiting for my number to get called for like hour and a half mm-hmm. and I hadn't expected it. So I hadn't brought, you know, a book with me or anything. Cause usually our offices, you walk in and, and you're out So they had magazines there and they weren't magazines that I was interested in for their content, right? It was like, um, I mean, this was 10, 12, maybe even longer ago. And they were like senior living kinds of books, you know, (laughs) magazines and things like that. Um, But what I did is I would flip through kind of similar to what I talked about doing at the art museum. I would flip through until a picture or a headline caught my attention And half the time or more, it was like just an advertisement picture, (laughs) but then I would ask myself, okay, what can this remind me to pray for? So here, I'll do it right now. I've got a magazine right here. First page I opened to has, okay, Southern Exposure Seed Exchange. (laughs) So we're selling garden seeds. So I'm going to pray for the garden that we're going to be planting this year. I'm going to be praying for God to continue to provide for our family and our food and nutrition needs. And for all those hungry around the world, I'm going to pray over some of these like grocery shortages and things that are impacting people. Um, Boom. That's, that's three things right there that one picture helps me think to pray for. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just anything can be a springboard for prayer. Um, Maybe you're in a business meeting and it is so boring. (laughs) So you have a couple options. You can just kind of go through each individual person and just kind of pray for them. Um, Sometimes I used to do this at church. Like if, if my mind just wasn't focusing on the sermon, I would just pray for the people that I saw like in the pews in front of me. Um, Or another thing you could do is, is that kind of springboard. So your coworker is droning on and on about um paperwork and you say, okay, what can I pray about that's related to paperwork? Well, the Bible's printed on paper. How about I pray for people who are printing Bibles and translating Bibles? You know, so anything can turn into a springboard for prayer and it doesn't have to make obvious sense, right? Like that's how you can go from seeing a picture that's an advertisement to buy your seeds for your garden and all of a sudden be praying for the global economy,
0: yeah. Well, and I'm looking at your books for those watching us on YouTube. I'm looking at your books kind of up behind you on the shelf. And mm-hmm. um, we talked about your books, but there are, I mean, if you like reading secular novels, if you mm-hmm. like reading, oh, yeah. you know, um, John Grisham or you know, mm-hmm. non-Christian literature can be a springboard to pray also. So it can once you train your brain to turn things that you might already enjoy doing that you already find yes. exciting into prayer. It opens up a whole world of, mm-hmm. whole world of, of things that you can, that you can pray for. And yeah. I think it just glorifies God. It's whatever you do, whether you eat or drink yeah, or whatever, it exactly. is. do it for the glory of God, whatever yeah. you're doing. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, go seek out violent movies or books mm-hmm. or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that everything is There's fine. a line. There's right. a line for sure. But as you go, whatever it is that you're doing, mm-hmm. you can always find creative ways to turn that into prayer.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what's the, um, the most recent TV show or movie that you watched?
0: Hmm. We watched
1: the new Puss in Boots. I watched Oh, with I've the heard kids. That's good. So what's something Puss in Boots can remind you to be praying about?
0: Um, definitely, uh, for people that are lonely because mm-hmm. like the whole storyline was kind of about puss and boots. Like he was a loner. He Aww. didn't like, he didn't, he was afraid of committing to friendships and sticking mm-hmm. with people and mm-hmm. so like this little like dog kind of comes into his life and and sort of spurs his like makes him realize that french i don't know anyway so anyway. i think people that are lonely people that yeah. people that are um that are lonely and don't have um don't have people or you know maybe they um it also talks about death he's on his last life and so it kind of talks about you know death chasing after him and kind of how he's mm fearful mm-hmm. of that and so he's paralyzed to live life mm-hmm. because he's so afraid of death in mm-hmm. his last life where he had these other lives that he was like he totally didn't care didn't care Interesting. so I think they're two different things one that people would see that this life has you know don't waste your life so praying mm-hmm. that for myself and just for other people for my kids god help yeah. them to see the urgency of this yeah. life yeah oh, i love that remove the fear that they would live yeah. with it and like Aww. you don't know, know that, that so if god good. is for us who could be against us
1: yeah. You know, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done was our episode about prayer and movies. And we basically did this exact thing. We're like, hey, what are some movies you've watched recently? And what prayer messages can you get from that? And I think that um it's a fun example of yeah, anything can become a springboard for prayer. And so going back to boredom, like when you find your mind wandering because nothing else is in your brain, you can use that too. So like you know, what were you most recently daydreaming about? How can you turn that into a spring of prayer? Um, if you're the kind of person who remembers your dreams the night before, how can you use those to to pray for for something? And it doesn't have to make literal sense, right? Like our dreams never make linear sense. And so maybe like some random person that you knew in high school pops into your dream, it might not necessarily mean that God wants you to pray for that specific person, Maybe it does. Maybe you're meant to pray for the friends that your your grandkid makes in his high school or something, right? It can, it can go so many different ways. And so when you when you just kind of allow yourself, like you have a chapter in the book we're working on, um, that that talks about just allowing yourself to ride the waves. And in in this case, you were talking about just kind of fluctuating moods and things like that, but really even just riding the waves of what comes into your brain. Mm. Um noticing what am I thinking about? Okay. And then now how can I turn that into something to pray for? There's an episode in mindful Christian prayers. I did. It's called prayers for minds that wander that kind of teaches you to do that. It's just like, get yourself into this daydreamy state. Notice what you start thinking about and boom. Now, what can I pray for?
0: I love that as someone whose mind often wanders.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think that anyone should ever be ashamed. Like I think having a wandering mind is a, is a huge gift. The more I've thought about it, like even when I think about my creative process, when I'm coaching other authors, there's a lot of mind monitoring that goes around in that. And that's, that's part of the process and like getting my brain into just kind of that dreamy state. um, That's part of my job. I mean, how cool is it? Like part of my job is to just be daydreamy. (laughs) <laughs> and so I think that, cool. yeah. And as people who want to deepen our prayer lives, we can think about that. So, I want to end with like we've given you tips on what to do if you feel bored with prayer. I want to end with encouraging everybody to embrace some boredom. Yeah. Right. Because allowing your brain to have some time to wander, that's when God's really free to speak to you. Right. So maybe you're going to take yourself on a like a three hour hike and you're not taking anything to listen to. Right. That that's time for God to speak to you. Um, Trying to think of just other ways to learn to embrace boredom. You're sitting in the car waiting to pick up your kids and the carpool lane is super, super annoying. But instead of like rumbling to yourself or grabbing your phone, you're just going to look at all the cars in line in front of you and ask God, like, what's one thing that I can pray for each individual? Um, yeah. And I'm not saying we need to do this all the time, right? Like, I'm not saying we need to swear off listening to podcasts. Cause if I told you that we wouldn't have a listenership, <laughs> right? But every so often, instead of just reaching for the next thing, like, I think that's why so many good ideas happen to people in the shower because for a lot of people that remains the one time that we're the most unplugged. But even now, you know, there's waterproof headphones and things. So people are bringing their things into the shower. Not that that's bad, but we are eliminating that white space from our lives. And that white space is good for a lot of reasons. White space is where our minds are free to let God speak to us. And also, and I think this is even more important, if we don't get comfortable with white space, then we do get uncomfortable in prayer because prayer is usually more silent. It's more still. And if you're never, never, ever giving your brain silence and stillness and a little bit of boredom, then prayer is going to feel, it's going to make you feel kind of anxious because you're like, I should be doing something.
0: I love that. I'm writing this down. If we don't get comfortable with white space, we're going to be uncomfortable in prayer. Is that what you said?
1: Mm -hmm. That is
0: Mm -hmm. really good. I think that's a great, um, great way to sum that up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So every so often, especially if it's kind of enforced boredom, right? I'm stuck at this doctor's office and they're running late. (laughs) Instead of just getting really impatient, instead of being really anxious, just remember, oh, okay. It's okay every so often to be a little bored. This is going to give my brain some time to, to relax. Um, And I also feel like getting okay with being bored. It's the same as getting okay with your prayers being distracted, because sometimes Mm -hmm. we feel like prayer needs to be a nonstop commentary between us and God. And if our minds wander, or if we drop the conversation, then we're, we're a terrible person with no focus or discipline but it's the same. Sometimes it's okay for your mind to wander. And then again, you just bring it back and you, you allow whatever your mind was wandering on to kind of spur on the next thing that, that you're going to pray for. Yeah. And yeah, it's,
0: it's just one more way that we either derail ourselves or Satan derails us from prayer is that shame of, mm-hmm. oh man, beating yourself up. Cause you're not doing it perfectly. Yeah. And God designed our minds. And and if we embrace that and look at it again as exercise, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't berate yourself when you're doing sit-ups for lying back down. I mean, that's part of the process so (laughs) that you can sit back up and exercise Mm -hmm. those core muscles. And it's the same with prayer. When the mind wanders, you just, you know, give it,
1: give it an opportunity to
0: come back and that just makes you stronger for it.
1: Yeah. And in a way, just embrace that as part of the process too. Yeah. Right. Like my brain needs white space to write fiction. My brain needs white space to learn how to pray better. Like mm-hmm. allow yourself some of that that quiet and that boredom, really. That's good. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, um, our Closing, we would love to send you to our Patreon page, and actually, this is great because Jamie, you had already mentioned some of my novels, um, and our Patreon patrons on Patreon get to request one free ebook a month out of the forty-ish that are available. So. Uh, you can join us at slash partner. And this helps cover all of our expenses just to keep these um, episodes coming to you. So we appreciate the people who are supporting us on Patreon. And there's, there's other perks too, um, but one of them is, yeah, every month you get to request a new novel. And now we will leave you with our blessing and benediction. One more thing about Patreon: yes. there are different
0: levels of support, and you can. It's it starts at three dollars a month, so it's not like you have to, you mm-hmm. know, support, you know, break the bank to support yeah. the podcast through Patreon and get that free yeah. book. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Okay.
1: Blessing. All right. May you never forget the Savior's sacrifice on your behalf. May the groans and tears of Gethsemane serve to constantly remind you of the Savior's submission. May the wounds he bore give voice to the limitless love he bestows on you. May the cross speak to you every day regarding the forgiveness and grace that are yours in Christ, and may the hope of resurrection fill you with joy unspeakable from this day and forevermore.
0: And our benediction is from Ephesians 3, verses 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.